you for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Good morning. I'm Deborah Valentine with the 77 WABC Early News. Yeah, I know it's Monday morning. And we have got you covered with all of the top stories this Monday morning. Let's get right to our top five. A big blow. Top five at five. Yep, a big blow for Build Back Better. A key U.S. Senator Joe Manchin said Sunday he will vote no on President Biden's $2 trillion plan. And... Dr. Anthony Fauci disagreeing with the vice president. Fauci contradicting Vice President Kamala Harris's claim that the Biden administration didn't predict variants, including Omicron. Now, Republicans are preparing already a slew of probes. Should they win back the House in 2022? Now, these probes include Biden's Afghanistan withdrawal, COVID origins, and whether the NSA spied on, guess who, Tucker Carlson. Volunteers and veterans groups evacuating Americans stranded in Afghanistan after the chaotic Biden withdrawal. And we are waiting to hear if, if in-person crowds will be allowed or not in Times Square for the New Year's celebration. Of course, all due to the surge in COVID cases, New York City's mayor plans to announce a decision before Christmas. All right, let's get to details. We've got Bernie and Sid coming up at 6 o'clock. Deb Valentine in with the early news. And, of course, we're going to have your weather. We're going to have sports with Justin. We've got you covered on business. Here are more details on what Joe Manchin said on Sunday. Of course, he's a Democrat from West Virginia. And, of course, there have been all kinds of negotiations with Manchin trying to get him to vote yes on President Biden's $2 trillion agenda. Now Manchin is giving President Biden's Build Back Better plan a thumbs down. The U.S. Senator told Brett Baer about his decision on Sunday on Fox News. If I can't go home and explain it to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get there. You're done. This is this is a no. This is a no on this legislation. All right. So in a statement released following his appearance on Fox News on Sunday, Manchin accused his Democratic colleagues of wanting to dramatically reshape our society in a way that leaves our country even more vulnerable to the threats we face. Now, meanwhile, there is reaction from the White House over Manchin's announcement. White House spokesperson Jen Psaki furious over Manchin's comments. Psaki calling Manchin's decision sudden and inexplicable. That decision, of course, to kill Biden's nearly true trillion dollar build back better spending bill. She said the Democrat refused to take a call from the White House minutes before announcing his position live on TV. Now, meanwhile, more criticism for the Biden administration, the nation's top infectious disease specialist. Of course, Dr. Anthony Fauci is contradicting what Vice President Harris said on Friday. Now, Harris has claimed the administration did not not predict all these COVID variants that we are now seeing, especially concerns about Omicron. The VP on Friday told the L.A. Times that the government did not see Omicron coming because the scientists failed to predict it. But on Sunday, Fauci, of course, the president's chief medical advisor, took issue with her claim. 
This virus is extraordinary. It has a doubling time of anywhere from two to three days. Right now, in certain regions of the country, 50% of the isolates are Omicron, which means it's going to take over. And Biden on Tuesday, tomorrow, will address the nation as COVID-19 surges. And meanwhile, New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, says that the positivity rate here in New York City, 8.41%. Republicans are already prepping a slew of probes should they win back the House in 2022. Now, these probes being readied include President Biden's disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal back in August, COVID-19 origins, of course, uh, did it come from Wuhan, from the lab, and whether or not the NSA actually spied on Tucker Carlson. Now, multiple polls, as well as Democrats' lackluster performance in the 2021 races, indicate they are going to have a really tough time holding on to their slim majority in 2022. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy is reportedly preparing a series of preservation notices for several Biden administration departments. And Republicans want to start these probes on day one of the new Congress if they win back their majority. All right, it has uh, been left up to veterans groups and volunteers who are now evacuating Americans who were left behind in Afghanistan by the Biden administration. Approximately 50 evacuees, including a dozen kids, landed at JFK Airport Saturday, rescued from the Taliban-controlled country. And this is all thanks to Project Dynamo. It's a volunteer civilian group led by former military members and current members of the reserves. The group claims it has helped more than 2,000 Americans now and legal permanent residents escape Afghanistan. Coming up on 507 here at 77 WABC. Now, meanwhile, we want to tell you before the break, before we get to Joan, whether in-person crowds for Times Square are threatened due to COVID-19 because of the Omicron variant in part. Mayor Bill de Blasio announced Sunday that he'll make a decision before Christmas on this. De Blasio warning event additional very, very big surge in COVID-19 cases. We're certainly looking at uh, the new challenge we're facing. But again, this is an all vaccination event and it is outdoors. And those are two very, very important, favorable factors. We're, we're also considering if there's other ways we could approach it, even with uh, the current uh, the current rules that could help to make it even stronger. So there's a discussion going on. We will have a final decision on what we can do uh, ahead of Christmas for sure. Uh, and and we're working very, very closely with the folks who sponsor that event to figure out what's the right way to proceed. All right. So we'll know by Saturday. De Blasio had announced back in November in-person crowds will be back at full strength for vaccinated revelers, similar to what we saw here in the city back at Thanksgiving. All right. 507 here at 77 WABC. Traffic and transit with Joe Nolan. Morning, Joe. Hey, good morning, Deb. Good morning, everybody. And this week is usually a pretty quiet traffic week. A lot of people take this week and next week off. So we'll see. Now, you know, it's not always, but sometimes, most of the time. Inbound 995, the express lanes approach the exit 72, though. We have an accident. The right lane going to be out of service. And then coming up through Lower Brooklyn, we're slow. Coming on up to the Brooklyn Bridge. Again, a lot of slow traffic as you get through there. Now, mass transit, everybody running right on or close. And alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations once again today are going to be in effect. And this report is a service of, of uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, and Heart of America, opening schools across the country increase their access to healthy food learn more empireblue.com slash ny liberty 
I'm Joe Nolan, Traffic on the 7th, Talk Radio 77, WABC. All right, thanks, Joe. Yep. And, and so far as your weather, it's chilly. Bundle up today. Sunshine, though, so that'll be nice. But uh, chilly, the high 38, clear overnight, the low 32. Bye, Frank. Frank Morano just ran in the studio to get his coat. Because you said it's chilly. Of course. Of course. All right, and, of course, Frank will be back with you tomorrow morning, bright and early. <laughs> All right. 509 now at 77 WABC. Deb Valentine in with your early news. So I talked about COVID before the break. New York State has now quietly surpassed more than 60,000 deaths from the coronavirus, according to new data. So the New York State Health Department reporting 47,492 COVID-19 related deaths as reported by hospitals, nursing homes and adult care facilities. But the CDC Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reporting a more complete death tally than those numbers that were actually reported by the state. Now, the CDC reporting a more complete death tally based on death certificate data reported by the state and city health officials. So the CDC reporting over 60,000 deaths in the state. Now, that crosses, of course, the 60,000 mark as of last week amid a flare-up of COVID-19 cases from the new highly contagious Omicron strain. Now, Dr. Anthony Fauci says the rise in cases, of course, will cause a huge stress for hospitals. We are going to see a significant stress in some regions of the country on the hospital system, particularly in those areas where you have a low level of vaccination, which is one of the reasons why we continue to stress the importance of getting those unvaccinated people vaccinated. So now more than 800,000 Americans have died from the COVID-19 virus. That's the latest. New York surpassing 50,000 deaths now from the virus. And uh, there is one uh, piece of good news in all of this. The death rate, though, in New York has dropped significantly from earlier COVID-19 outbreaks. And they're saying that's because most residents have been vaccinated or they have built up immunity from prior infections. Coming up on 511 here at 77 WABC. Oh, we've heard a lot about uh, retirements uh, within the NYPD, especially in the post-George Floyd protest world. And uh that includes less detectives for the NYPD, apparently going hand in hand now with a decline in solved murder cases. So the number of detectives in the NYPD has actually plunged from 5,531 to 4,992 in the past couple of years. So that's a 10 percent decline. Now, at the same time, the citywide clearance rate for murders, cases that are considered solved, has also fallen from around 74% in 2018 to just 56% this year through November, according to Colby Hamilton. He's a spokesperson for the Mayor's Office of Criminal Justice. Now, he noted that the clearance rates keep cases tied to years. For example, a murder in 2020 being solved in 2021 keeps the case counted in 2020. So that that is down too. So you can imagine uh, Joe Manchin, Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, taking a lot of heat uh, following his announcement on Sunday that he will, in fact, vote no against President Joe Biden's Build Back Better agenda. Progressives slamming Manchin after he revealed Sunday that he would not support President Biden's massive social spending bill known as Build Back Better. We've heard so much about it here on 77 WABC. 
Representative Ilhan Omar, uh, the Democrat from Minnesota, tweeting, let's be clear, Manchin's excuse is bull blank. I can't say it on the radio. The people of West Virginia would directly benefit from child care, pre-Medicare expansion, and long-term care, just like the Minnesotans. This is exactly what we warned would happen if we separated Build Back Better from infrastructure. So that was her comment. And uh, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders weighing in, too. He also took issue with Manchin on CNN's State of the Union. I want everybody out there to know, if this Manchin votes no, those $300 tax credits that have gone a long way to reducing childhood poverty in America, they're gone. Mm-hmm. That's over. We cut childhood poverty by over 40%. An extraordinary accomplishment. Manchin doesn't want to do that. Tell that to the struggling families of West Virginia and America. All right. So the Build Back Better bill totaling almost two trillion dollars. It's been criticized for containing so many pet projects and uh, apparently dead on arrival. Now, Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat out of West Virginia, saying he will not support President Biden's massive social spending bill. Now, meanwhile, other news involving U.S. senators. Two Democratic senators have cases of breakthrough COVID-19. They are Senators Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts and Cory Booker of New Jersey. Now, both said to be suffering from just mild symptoms. You might remember Senator Warren's brother actually died of COVID-19. And in separate statements, each of the Dems say they had been fully vaccinated with two doses as well as a booster and their symptoms are mild. Again, the two senators are Elizabeth Warren out of Massachusetts and Cory Booker from New Jersey. They also encourage it, encourage others to get the trio shots if they are in fact eligible. Oh, it's back to remote learning for some school districts throughout the nation for two reasons. It's the surge in Omicron and staffing shortages. Now, cases of Omicron have doubled in 24 hours. Uh, We saw on Friday, Prince George's County in Maryland became the first major school district to announce that all students will make the move to remote learning. Students in that district will begin actually their online learning today, just four days before their winter break begins. And this comes as the CDC released a new strategy called Test to Stay. And that allows unvaccinated children to stay in school, even if they have been exposed to the coronavirus. Over the past few months, I collaborated with school districts across the country to evaluate a new strategy known as Test to Stay. Today, we're releasing CDC science on Test to Stay that allows unvaccinated children to stay in school, even if they've been exposed to the virus, so that they don't have to miss school while they're quarantining at home. All right, that's CDC Director Rochelle Walensky there. Schools must test their students twice a week to implement the test-to-stay strategy. Walensky said, adding that many schools already meet that standard. All right, 515 here at 77 WABC. And to my left is Justin. Thanks, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. What's new? Another utterly disappointing Sunday for New York football fans as both the Giants and Jets continue to pile up the losses The G-Men were at home in MetLife to take on the division rival Dallas Cowboys, although rivalry games tend to be a bit more competitive than this one. In what's turning into typical fashion, the Giants fell down early, trailing 15-3 at half and could never quite figure out how to put a touchdown on the board. One more measly field goal was all they could muster the rest of the way as the Cowboys leave town with a 21-6 victory. 
The Jets can say they at least played respectable football this weekend as they lost a close one in Miami, 31-24. A tie game with just under four minutes remaining, the Dolphins managed to skate by the Jets on an 11-yard touchdown catch by Devontae Parker. The Giants will stay in the division next week when they face the Eagles in Philadelphia, and the Jets will come home to MetLife for a meeting with the abysmal Jacksonville Jaguars. Both games are set for a 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Let's go for a skate with the Islanders at home against the Vegas Golden Knights last evening. The Isles took a one-goal lead late into the third quarter, but couldn't shake a surging Golden Knights offense as a late-game tying goal by defenseman Shea Theodore sent this game into overtime and an eventual shootout where the Knights were able to squeak out a 4-3 victory. The Devils' losing streak reached six games last night as a battle with the Pittsburgh Penguins ended in a 3-2 loss. The NHL postponing all 12 games between U.S. and Canadian teams due to potential changes in COVID-19 travel restrictions before the league's holiday recess is scheduled to begin on December 24th. The Islanders' game against the Montreal Canadiens' game scheduled for tonight has been postponed. And the same goes for the Rangers' bout with the Habs that was originally scheduled for Wednesday night. The Devils will have to wait to take their leave, though, as they are set to, t- uh, to stay in country and play the Penguins again Tuesday night. COVID-19 making its rounds in the NBA as well, as the Nets and Denver Nuggets had to be postponed last night due to, due to health and safety protocols. The Knicks have dodged any such luck up to this point as of now and will tip off against the Detroit Pistons tomorrow night at the Garden. With your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. And Justin, plenty of football this week, too. Wow, because they had three games canceled on Sunday, so yeah. they'll be played Tuesday night. Then, of course, we have Monday night football tonight. Yeah. We've got Thursday night football. Yeah. We have football on Christmas Day. How about it? And Sunday. It's, uh, wow. To be honest, it's, it's uh, like I think, uh, NFL uh, dream all yeah, week long. Yeah, I think we've yep. had uh, four four straight days of NFL football. Wow. Think, all right. So. Great week. Great week if you're a football lover. All right. It is time to check on the roads and the rails with Joe Nolan once again. Are they playing Tuesday, too? Yeah. That's what I heard yesterday when I yeah, was watching. So it's, yeah. So, so it's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Friday, oh, Friday. Saturday. No, no Friday. Uh, no, Saturday, Friday. Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So if you're an NFL fan, you got a great week out of you. Unfortunately, you know, it's, you know, it's because of why, but yeah, still. You're going to be loving it. Oh, it's awesome. All right. Let's get outside. We got a couple of things. First of all, if you're inbound upper level George Washington Bridge getting to it, at least the express lanes at exit 72, there is an accident. The right lane going to be out of service as you get through that. Down in Wall Township on the southbound side of Route 34 at Allenwood Avenue, there's a knockdown traffic signal. No lanes are out out of service, just uh, you know, a lot of activity off on the side of the roadway. If that was in the summer, it'd be backed up for miles, but right now, not much for you to worry about. And alternate side of the street, parking rules and regulations again today are going to be in effect with traffic on the sevens. I'm Joe Nolan, Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, WABC News Time 518, and Frank is going to have your uh, business report very shortly. Students arrested across the U.S. due to their alleged participation in a viral social media trend. Believe this? Wow. Threatening violence. It all uh, stirred fears again across the U.S. following the deadly school shooting in Michigan. Here's what happened. Arrests Thursday and Friday were male students 13 to 16 years old in the following states. Connecticut, California, Florida, Illinois, Maryland, Ohio, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Texas, and Wisconsin. Can you believe this? After that awful November 30th school shooting in Oxford, Township, Michigan. Luckily, they caught these students all under arrest. And Vice President Kamala Harris bristled Friday after TV host Charlemagne the God asked her, who is the nation's real president? Harris answered that President Biden was the nation's leader, then expressed disappointment with a question. So who's the real president of this country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden? 
Madam Vice President. Come on, Charlemagne. I really. Come on. I, it's Joe Biden. I can't no, tell. No, no, sometimes. no, 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 no. It's Joe Biden. And don't start talking like a Republican about asking whether or not he's president. Do you think Joe Manchin and, is and a problem? It's Bi- and, it's Bi- and it's Joe Biden. And I'm vice president. And my name is Kamala Harris. All right. Well, at least she's got that figured out. All right. Frank Diaz is here. And you're talking business. Hello. Good morning. Oh, I was it does help I was, when they put your mic on. It does, it does usually because, yes. you know, I, 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 otherwise I'm going to be in a room talking to myself all day. All right, so uh, U.S. stock futures uh, index futures uh, fell Sunday night following a losing week on Wall Street last week. It was pretty bad last week. I mean, worries about politics, Fed policy, and the fast-spreading Omicron variant. Dow Jones slid about 500 points or 1.5 percent. S&P 500 was down another point, uh, percent and a half or 68 points while the Nasdaq slid. More than 200 points. Last week's losses came as investors weighed in on the U.S. Federal Reserve's hawkish pivot, speeding up its reduction of monthly bond, bond purchases and predicting three interest rate hikes next year. Markets also tumbled after President Joe Biden's signature $2 trillion spending plan appeared doomed as Senator Joe Manchin is saying no. Well, the world is having a candy cane crisis this year. If you like candy canes, uh, you might have to wait a little bit for one. Weakness in peppermint crops and COVID-caused logistical issues have created a problem for candy sellers. Mitchell Cohen, the owner of Economy Candy on the Lower East Side, told the New York Post that he only received half of his order this year and is currently out of stock. It was a first for the store, which has been in business since 1937. Cohen said they sold more than 1,200 canes before running dry. According to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, peppermint production in the United States has declined nearly 25% over the last decade. Well, Spider-Man No Way Home had a monster weekend. The movie collected an estimated $253 million at the theaters in the U.S. and Canada, according to ComScore, which compiles box office data. It was the highest opening weekend, resulting in the 19-year history of the eight-film live-action Spider-Man franchise. It also had the third highest opening overall in Hollywood, behind Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War, which is, you know, another two Marvel movies in the same universe. Globally, the movie made just over $587 million, the biggest opening for a Sony movie ever. That is your business report this morning. I'm Frank Diaz. Deb Valentine? All right, 523. Deb Valentine with your early news, and Justin has sports, and as you heard, Frank has your business and your weather. Sunshine today, our high 38. The overnight low is 32. Clear skies, more sun tomorrow, a bit warmer with a high of of 47. So uh, talking with uh, John Katsimatidis, our 77 WABC owner, Senator Rick Scott. So Republican senators are saying that sky-high inflation is hurting America's poorest. Two Republican senators said the inflation rate at a 39-year high is taking a toll on the poorest Americans. Florida Senator Senator Rick Scott told John Katz on Katz at Night on Sunday that the Dems' agenda hurting the poorest families. Everything has gotten more expensive because of the Democrats' wasteful spending. It's an unbelievable tax on poor people and lower middle-income people. They can't afford it. They're rich. They're fine. And uh, consumer prices, as you may have felt in your pocket, have risen by 6.8% this year as companies struggle with a supply chain bottleneck and a nationwide labor shortage, pushing inflation to its highest rate since 1982. The senator is blaming Democratic policies for the spike 
which is uh, hitting Americans. And uh, Senator Ron Johnson, also a Republican out of Wisconsin, said American families getting hit in the pocketbook. A lot of people, he said, don't fully understand that the double whammy that the Democrat governance is enacting on America as it relates to inflation. All right. Well, three generals, can you believe, warning actually of a civil war in 2024, do you agree with this, is falsely contested with rogue military units following a Trumpian figure and putting all Americans at severe risk. Uh, they uh, demand leaders of January 6th are brought to justice. Now these people are former Army Major General Paul Eaton, former Brigadier General Steve Anderson, and former Army Major General Antonio Tagaba. They're all three generals warning of another coup. Now what they claim, uh, and they did so in a column for the Washington Post, that there may be an attack similar to the January 6th Capitol riot after the 2024 elections. They say military and lawmakers have been gifted hindsight to prevent another insurrection, they wrote, saying leaders must take action now. Meanwhile, billionaire Ray Dalio predicts there's a 30 percent chance of a U.S. civil war in the next 10 years because of emotional political polarization. All right. W ABC News time 525. Uh, Trevor Noah, you may be familiar with him, is suing a New York hospital and an orthopedic surgeon for negligence. He alleges negligence all over what he says was a botched surgery last year, which left him with severe injuries. Uh, attorneys for Trevor Noah filed that suit in New York State Supreme Court against the Hospital for Special Surgery and orthopedic surgeon Dr. Riley J. Williams. What Noah claims is that they were careless in failing to treat and care for him in a careful and skillful skillful manner when he underwent surgery. That was back in November 2020. The suit claims they failed to use proper diagnostic tests and prescribe the proper medications while also not discontinuing other meds. And as a result, the 37-year-old Trevor Noah says he suffered severe and painful personal injuries, mental anguish, and a loss of enjoyment of life. So a representative from the hospital told people the claims were absolutely Absolutely meritless. All right, Deb Valentine, in with your early news, and we will have traffic and sports and business coming up as we work our way to six o'clock with Bernie and Sid. Well, Nicholas Sandman Friday reached a settlement with NBC in the in the Covington Catholic High School controversy. Uh, the deal reportedly worth seven figures. The media had lambasted the Covington Catholic High School student from Kentucky. He's now 19 years old. You might remember this. It was all over that confrontation that went viral at the 2019 March for Life down in Washington, D.C. And uh, following the 2019 incident in Washington, D.C., Sandman was wearing a MAGA hat, Make America Great Again. Many media outlets and uh, Democratic politicians criticized the teen for a confrontation with that Native American elder at the Lincoln Memorial following that march. Well, there's been another SpaceX launch. SpaceX Saturday launched 53 Starlink satellites from the Vandenberg Space Force out in California. Starlink is a satellite-based global internet system that SpaceX has been building for years now. It's designed to bring internet access to underserved 
world uh, areas of the world. All right, 527 here at 77 WABC. Let's join Joan Olin for a look at traffic and transit. All right, Deb, as you travel inbound George Washington Bridge, again, the express lanes approaching exit 72, an accident. The right lane going to be out of service as you come on up through that. We also are going to have just heavy but moving traffic. It's actually moving pretty well. Coming up through Lower Brooklyn, right on up to the Brooklyn Bridge. Same thing inbound on the LIE, getting through Queens Boulevard much better than it normally would be for this time of the day. Mass transit looks to be pretty good and alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations once again today are in effect and this report is a service of empire blue cross blue shield empire blue cross blue shield and heart of america are helping schools across the country increase their access to healthy food learn more empireblue.com slash ny liberty with traffic on the sevens i'm joe nolan talk radio 77 wabc all right thanks joe and your forecast calling for sunshine today the high 38 the overnight low at the freezing mark 32 clear skies and sunshine tomorrow with a high of 47 well we've got more rapper chaos to tell you about la rapper draco the ruler has died after he was stabbed saturday night in his neck at a music show at exposition park now this rapper's real name is Daryl Caldwell. He was stabbed at the Once Upon a Time in L.A. concert. Dozens of artists have been set to perform on the concert's three stages, including Al Green, 50 Cent, Ice Cube, Cypress Hill, and others. Many canceled, and the crowd left. And, of course, Draco the Ruler was stabbed in his neck, hospitalized in critical condition, and has died. So far, though, no arrests in connection with that attack. 529 here at 77 WABC. We'll be back with more news right after the break. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Well, good morning. Deb Valentine in with your early news. And we've got you covered not only with news, but traffic. And we've got you covered with sports. And we've got you covered with all of your business news. And we are, of course, working our way to Bernie and Sid. Bernie and Sid. Coming up at 6 o'clock this morning. All right, good Monday morning. Well, lots and lots of news to tell you about. A big blow for Build Back Better, a key U.S. senator. Yep, it's Joe Manchin. He said Sunday he will vote no on President Biden's $2 trillion plan. All right, Dr. Anthony Fauci disagreeing with the Vice President Kamala Harris. Fauci contradicting Harris's claims the administration didn't predict variants, including Omicron. All right, Republicans are already preparing a slew of probes should they win back the House in 2022 during the midterms. The probes include President Biden's Afghanistan disastrous withdrawal, COVID origins, and whether or not the NSA spied on Tucker Carlson. Volunteers and vets groups are evacuating Americans stranded in Afghanistan following the chaotic Biden withdrawal. And we are waiting to hear whether or not in-person crowds will or will not be allowed into Times Square to ring in the new year, all due to the surge in COVID-19 cases. Now, New York City's mayor, Bill de Blasio, plans to announce a decision before Christmas. All right. Here's what Manchin said on Sunday, and it is an absolute blockbuster. West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin is giving President Biden's $2 trillion Build Back Better plan a thumbs down, despite pleas for his vote, including meetings from the president. Now, Senator Manchin told Brett Baer about his decision on Fox News Sunday. If I can't go home and explain it, 
to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get there. You're done. This is, this is a no. This is a no on this legislation. All right. And, of course, Republicans have criticized this project because of all of the Democratic-led uh, pet projects within this $2 trillion bill. In a statement released following his appearance on Fox News, Manchin accused his Democratic colleagues of wanting to dramatically reshape our society in a way that leaves our country even more vulnerable to the threats we face. And of course, as you can imagine, there was reaction from the White House. White House spokesperson Jen Psaki furious over Manchin's comments. Psaki calling Joe Manchin's decision to vote no on Build Back Better sudden and inexplicable. And uh, the Build Back Better bill, of course, would add $2 trillion to our national debt. She said the uh, Democrat refused to actually take a call from the White House. So apparently the White House got word of this before Manchin's appearance on Fox, minutes before announcing his position live on TV. The White House accused Manchin on Sunday for breaking his word after the Democrat publicly said he is a no on Biden's Build Back Better agenda. Of course, he's been leaning towards his no vote all along, despite meetings and pleas from President Biden. All right, as we know, the nation's top infectious disease specialist, Dr. Anthony Fauci, he is contradicting Vice President Kamala Harris's claim the administration did not predict COVID-19 variants. And what the VP did on Friday was tell the L.A. Times that the government did not see Omicron coming because the scientists failed to predict it. But on Sunday, Dr. Fauci, of course, President Biden's chief medical advisor, took issue with Harris's claim. This virus is extraordinary. It has a doubling time of anywhere from two to three days. Right now, in certain regions of the country, 50 percent of the isolates are Omicron, which means it's going to take over. And Biden will tomorrow address the nation as COVID-19 surges once again and lockdowns are reimposed in parts of Europe. Now, the latest numbers from New York's Governor Kathy Hochul out of more than 267,000 reported tests, about 222,000, a little more than 22,000 were positive. So that brings our positivity rate here in New York to 8.41 percent. Well, Republicans are prepping a slew of probes so they win back the House in the 2022 midterms. The probes are being readied, and uh, they include the following. President Biden's disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal, COVID origins, and whether or not the NSA actually spied on Tucker Carlson. Now, multiple polls, as well as Democrats' lackluster performance in the 2021 races, indicate they may have a very tough time holding on to their slim majority in the 2022 midterms. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy is reportedly preparing a series of preservation notices for several Biden administration departments. And uh, Republicans want to begin those probes on day one of the new Congress, should they win back the majority in the 2022 midterms. Well, vets groups and volunteers have been busy evacuating Americans left behind in Afghanistan by the Biden administration following the chaotic withdrawal back in August. Some 60,000 people in Afghanistan have actually applied for visas to get out of Afghanistan, of course, under Taliban rule now. 
Approximately 50 evacuees, including about a dozen kids, landed at JFK Airport on Saturday, rescued from Taliban control. And uh, this is all thanks to Project Dynamo. It's a volunteer civilian group which is led by former military members and current members of the reserves. So as of now, the group claims it has helped more than 2,000 Americans and legal permanent residents escape Afghanistan since the heavily criticized U.S. withdrawal back in August. And uh, meanwhile, the Biden administration claiming only that a few hundred people were left behind. All right. We have 537 here at 77 WABC. Time to join Joe Nolan once again. All right, Deb, we've gotten busier now all of a sudden here inbound George Washington Bridge, I-95. We still have that problem in the express lanes on the Jersey side approaching exit 72, a right lane accident. And then once you get into New York on the cross Bronx eastbound, right by the Bronx River Parkway, a stall in the right lane. Now, both ways, one and nine, just south of 278, that collision continues. And on the Jersey Turnpike now northbound, the eastern spur up by 15W by 280, right lane crash. Now, delays on the A and the 5 and alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations are in effect today. With Traffic on the 7s, I'm Joe Nolan, Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, Joe, we've got you covered on the roads. Insofar as your weather goes, we're going to have a sunny day today and a high of 38. The overnight low is 32. A sunny day tomorrow with a bit warmer highs in the upper 40s. We are waiting to hear this week whether or not they will allow in-person crowds uh, into Times Square to ring in the new year. Now, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio did say back in November these crowds would be allowed. But now with the surges in COVID-19, especially Omicron, they are reconsidering that. So uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio announced on Sunday that he's going to make a decision before Christmas. Of course, as we know, Christmas on Saturday and uh, he uh, plans to announce whether or not they are going to cancel or actually change precautions for the return of the city's New Year's Eve celebration. As you know, crowds not allowed last year. Now, what the rule is this year, they were going to allow crowds if you're vaccinated. So reconsidering this, de Blasio warning of an additional very, very big surge in COVID-19 cases. We're certainly looking at uh, the new challenge we're facing. But again, this is an all vaccination event and it is outdoors. And those are two very, very important, favorable factors. We're, we're also considering if there's other ways we could approach it, even with uh, the current uh, the current rules that could help to make it even stronger. So there's a discussion going on. We will have a final decision on what we can do uh, ahead of Christmas for sure. Uh, and and we're working very, very closely with the folks who sponsor that event to figure out what's the right way to proceed. All right. So we'll hear this week whether or not uh, in-person crowds will be allowed at full strength for vaccinated revelers or just what they're going to do. Uh, de Blasio said, of course, he will make that announcement before Christmas on Saturday. Of course, uh, our mayor, New York City Mayor de Blasio, leaving office at the end of this year. All right. Sunshine today, our high is 38, clear tonight with a low of 32. And sunshine tomorrow, the high 47. Coming up to Bernie and Sid at 6 o'clock. And at quarter of, we will have sports and uh, also more business news for you. All right. Now, uh, the latest COVID-19 numbers and deaths. New York State has surpassed more than 60,000 deaths now from the coronavirus, according to new data. 
So the state health department here in New York actually reported 47,492 COVID-19 related deaths as reported by hospitals, nursing homes and adult care facilities only. But the CDC Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports a more complete death tally based on things like death certificates and data reported by state and city health officials. So. The CDC reporting 60,253 deaths throughout New York State and uh, crossing the 60,000 mark last week amid a flare-up in COVID-19 cases from the new highly contagious Omicron strain. This nation's infectious disease specialist, Dr. Anthony Fauci, says the rise in cases is going to, of course, cause a lot of stress for area hospitals. We are going to see a significant stress in some regions of the country on the hospital system, particularly in those areas where you have a low level of vaccination, which is one of the reasons why we continue to stress the importance of getting those unvaccinated people vaccinated. So now to date, the CD says more than 800,000 Americans have died from COVID-19, with New York State surpassing 50,000 deaths from the virus. And uh, at least we are seeing a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. The death rate in New York has actually dropped significantly from earlier COVID-19 outbreaks. That's because most residents have been vaccinated or they've built up immunity from prior infections. Well, we heard a lot about uh, the exodus of police officers following George Floyd protests uh, here in New York City. A lot of retirements and, and resignations, that kind of thing. There are also new stats on detectives or the NYPD apparently going hand in hand with the decline in soft cases. Now, the number of detectives throughout the department has plunged from 5,531 to 4,992 in the past three years. So that marks a 10 percent decline. Now, at the same time, the citywide clearance rate for murder cases that are considered solved has also fallen from around 74 percent in 2018 to just 56 percent this year, right through November. Now, that's according to Kobe Hamilton. He's a spokesperson for the mayor's office of criminal justice. And he did note that the clearance rates keep cases tied to years. So, for example, murder in 2020 being solved in 2021 keeps the case Uh, as counted in 2020. All right. We have a reaction from progressives after Senator Joe Manchin made his big announcement on Sunday that he will vote no against President Biden's $2 trillion Build Back Better agenda. Of course, Manchin, a Democrat out of West Virginia, and uh, Representative Ilhan Omar, part of the squad, tweeted, let's be clear, Manchin's excuses bull something I can't say on the air. She tweeted the people of West Virginia would directly benefit from child care, pre-Medicare expansion and long-term care, just like Minnesotans. That's exactly what we warned would happen if we separated Build Back Better from infrastructure. Now, uh, there's also reaction from Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. He also took issue with Manchin on CNN's State of the Union. I want everybody out there to know, if this mansion votes no, those $300 tax credits that have gone a long way to reducing childhood poverty in America, they're gone. Mm-hmm. That's over. We cut childhood poverty by over 40%. An extraordinary accomplishment. Manchin doesn't want to do that. Tell that to the struggling families of West Virginia and America. All right. So the Build Back Better totaling $2 trillion as our national debt ticks up each and every second. 
All right, two Democratic senators have breakthrough cases of COVID-19. Breakthrough, of course, uh, are cases where you've been vaccinated, but you end up contracting the COVID-19 virus anyway. And they are Senators Elizabeth Warren out of Massachusetts and Cory Booker, the senator from New Jersey, both said to be suffering from just mild symptoms. You might remember Warren's brother died of COVID-19. And uh, in separate statements, each one of the Democrats, uh, both Elizabeth Warren and Cory Booker, said they had been fully vaccinated with two doses as well as a booster and their symptoms were mild. And uh, in doing so, they also encouraged others to get the trio of shots if they are, in fact, eligible. All right. Working our way up to six o'clock where Bernie and Sid will be along. 545 now here at 77 WABC. Deb Valentine with the early news. And we've got you covered with sports with Justin Alec. Morning, Justin. Good morning, Deb. Yeah, I do have you covered with sports. Here's your early news sports update. What's new here in New York? Another utterly disappointing Sunday for New York football fans as both the Giants and Jets continue to pile up the losses. The G-Men were at home in MetLife to take on the division rival Dallas Cowboys, although rivalry games tend to be a bit more competitive than this one. In what's turning into typical fashion, the Giants fell down early, trailing 15-3 to at half and could never quite figure out how to put a touchdown on the board. One more measly field goal was all they could muster the rest of the way as the Cowboys leave town with a 21-6 victory. The Jets can say they at least played respectable football this weekend as they lost a close one in Miami, 31-24. A tie game with just under four minutes remaining, the Dolphins managed to skate by the Jets on an 11-yard touchdown catch by Devontae Parker. The Giants will stay in the division next week when they face the Eagles in Philadelphia, and the Jets will come home to MetLife for a meeting with the abysmal Jacksonville Jaguars. Both games are set for a 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Let's go for a skate with the Islanders at home against the Vegas Golden Knights last evening. The Isles took a one-goal lead late into the third quarter but couldn't shake a surging Golden Knights offense as a late game-tying goal by defenseman Shea Theodore sent this game into overtime and an eventual shootout where the Knights were able to squeeze out a 4-3 victory. The Devils' losing streak reached six games last night as a battle with the Pittsburgh Penguins ended in 3-2 loss, with the NHL postponing all 12 games between U.S. and Canadian teams due to potential changes in COVID-19 travel restrictions before the league's holiday recess is scheduled to begin on December 24th. The Islanders' game against the Montreal Canadiens' game scheduled for tonight has been postponed, and the same goes for the Rangers' bout with the Habs that was originally scheduled for Wednesday night. The Devils will have to wait to take their leave, though, as they are set to stay in-country and play the Penguins again Tuesday night. COVID-19 making its rounds in the NBA as well, as the Nets and the Denver Nuggets had to be postponed last night due to health and safety protocols. The Knicks have dodged any such luck up to this point as of now and will tip off against the Detroit Pistons tomorrow night at the Garden. Also, some baseball news this weekend. The New York Metropolitans have signed a new manager, head coach, uh, Buck Showalter, to a three-year deal. Number Exact numbers on that deal um, still yet to be announced as uh, tomorrow night, I believe, there will be a Zoom call in which uh, Steve Cohen will introduce the new leader of the Mets. All right, Buck Showalter. Wow, he's he's you know he's a tough, tough, tough coach. I still remember him in uh, in pinstripes in the Bronx, and you know, uh, I mean, he was and down a, in he Baltimore. Was a, yeah. yeah, he was a well liked, uh, always a tough guy to play against in Baltimore, and uh, you knew you were going to get the best out of the teams that he's always coached. So, 
Uh, hopefully the Mets uh, will trend upwards with his leadership. All right, we're going to see what happens. Let's right now see what's happening out there in the roads and the rails with Joe Nolan. Well, if you're on the cross Bronx on the eastbound side coming into the Bronx River Parkway, a disabled, that's in the right lane. One and nine, uh, both directions, just south of 278, there's a crash. Jersey Turnpike northbound, the eastern spur at 15W, a 280 accident right in the right lane, so that's still causing problems. Coming inbound, we still have that problem uh, on the George Washington Bridge and the express lanes, not on the bridge, but just before it at exit 72, right lane remains out. Mass transit looks to be pretty good, and alternate side again today is in effect. The support is a service of BioNTech and Pfizer Festivals Football. The great outdoors, some people say, falls the best time of year. It may be a great time to consider getting vaccinated against COVID-19. Sponsored by BioNTech and Pfizer. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, 548 here at 77 WABC. And sunshine today, or high 38, so bundle up clear tonight. We're right at the freezing mark of 32 and more sunshine tomorrow, high near 50. All right. And we've got you covered with business news. Here's Frank Diaz. Like Frank Morano, I've also put a jacket on because I'm cold. Yes. So Frank walked in the studio earlier. I know. It's it's like a refrigerator It is, is kind of cold I here. turned up the heat earlier, but it didn't seem to. I blame Greg Kelly because it's always like an icebox. No. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, U.S. Stock Index futures fell Sunday night after uh, last week's uh, volatile week. The uh, Fed policy and fast-rating Omicron variant of COVID has also affected our stocks. Dow Jones slid about a, a percent and a half. S&P also down a percent and a half or 68 points. And the Nasdaq slid about the same, but more than 200 points. Last week's losses came as investors weighed on the U.S. Federal Reserve's hawkish pivot, spe- speeding up its reduction of monthly bond purchases and predicting three interest rate hikes next year. Markets also tumbled after President Biden's uh, $2 trillion spending plan appeared doomed because of Senator Joe Manchin's no the world is having a candy cane crisis this year, so if you like them, um, expect to probably not be able to get them for a little while. Weakness in peppermint crops and COVID caused log- logistical issues that created a problem for some candy sellers. Mitchell Cohen, the owner of Economy Candy in the Lower East Side, told the New York Post that he only received half his order this year and is currently out of stock. It was a first for the store, which has been in business since 1937. Cohen- so last week it was cream cheese. This week it's yeah, peppermint it was candy cre- canes. It, it, was cre- it was a cream cheese shortage. There was peppermint. I'm, I feel like next year it's going to be like you know, Hershey's Kisses or yeah, Hershey's Kisses oh, no. just in time for, uh, for Valentine's Day or something like that. Uh, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, peppermint production in the U.S. has declined nearly 25% over the past decade. Well, Spider-Man No Way Home had a monster weekend. Uh, the wall crawler collected an estimated $253 million at the theaters in the United States and Canada. It was the highest opening weekend that resulted in the 19-year history of the eight-film live-action Spider-Man franchise. Also had the third highest overall Hollywood history books behind Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War, two uh, of the two movies that are in the same universe. So, you know, no surprise there. Globally, the movie just made over $587 million, the biggest opening for a Sony movie ever. Have you seen it? I have not. I do not want any spoilers in this building. I will... I think Mike's seen it like 19 yeah, times probably, already. Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm going to go try to see it later this afternoon after work. I think I'm going to go just sit in the theater with my slushie and my nachos and watch it in some peace and quiet. Because I, right. I, I, I haven't been to a theater in two years. So. I think I think we'll go Christmas weekend. If the theaters are still open, we'll see what happens. Sounds good. All right. 552. 
Deb Valentine with your early news. Back to remote learning for some school districts, all because of surging cases of Omicron and COVID-19. So on Friday, one of the biggest school districts in the country, Prince George's County down in Maryland, became the face major school district to announce that all students will make the move to remote learning. So uh, they actually begin that today. And uh, now this comes as the CDC Centers for Disease Control released a new strategy. It's called Test to Stay. Now, that allowed unvaccinated kids to stay in school even if they've been exposed to COVID-19. Over the past few months, I collaborated with school districts across the country to evaluate a new strategy known as Test to Stay. Today, we're releasing CDC science on Test to Stay that allows unvaccinated children to stay in school even if they've been exposed to the virus so that they don't have to miss school while they're quarantining at home. All right, that's the CDC Director Rochelle Walensky there. So schools must test their students twice a week to implement the test-to-stay strategy, Walensky also said, adding that many schools already do meet that standard. So that became official at the end of last week. Students have been arrested across the United States due to their alleged participation in what was a viral social media trend, which threatened violence. Now, it stirred fears all across the country following that deadly school shooting in Michigan. And uh, these arrests happened on Thursday and Friday. They're all male students between the ages of 13 to 16 in the following states, Connecticut, California, Florida, Illinois, Maryland, Ohio, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Texas, and Wisconsin schools uh, increased security in response to these rumors, which went viral. They spread like wildfire after the November 30th school shooting in Oxford Township, Michigan. Of course, two parents and their son under arrest in connection with that all facing charges. Vice President Kamala Harris, wait till you hear this, bristled Friday after TV host Charlemagne the God asked her who the nation's real president is. Now, Harris answered that President Joe Biden was the nation's leader, then expressed disappointment with the question. So who's the real president of this country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden, Madam Vice President? Come on, Charlemagne. I really, Come on. I, it's Joe Biden. I can't no, tell no, sometimes. No, 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 no. It's Joe Biden. And don't start talking like a Republican about asking whether or not he's president. Do you think Joe Manchin and, is and a it's problem? Joe, and, it's Joe, and it's Joe Biden. And I'm vice president. And my name is Kamala Harris. All right. At least she knows what her name is and what her job is. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Your forecast. Sunshine today are high 38. Clear tonight. The low down to 32. Sunny tomorrow. A bit warmer than it is today with a high of 47. Well, two Republican senators say sky-high inflation is hurting America's poorest. Two GOP senators said the inflation rate now at a 39-year high is taking a toll on the poorest Americans. And one of the senators weighing in on this, Senator Rick Scott. He was with 77 WABC owner John Katsimatidis on Katz Roundtable on Sunday, saying that the Democrats' agenda is hurting the poorest families. Everything has gotten more expensive because of the Democrats' wasteful spending. It's an unbelievable tax on poor people and lower middle-income people. They can't afford it. They're rich. They're fine. And consumer prices, and you've probably been feeling this in your pocket, rose 6.8% this year as companies struggled with things like the supply chain bottleneck and a nationwide labor shortage, pushing inflation to its highest rate not seen since 1982. 
The senator is blaming Democratic policies for the spike in inflation and also weighing in Senator Ron Johnson. He's a Republican out of Wisconsin. And uh, Johnson said that a lot of people don't fully understand the double whammy that Democratic governance is enacting on America as it relates to inflation. Well, believe it or not, three generals are actually warning of a civil war in 2024 if the 2024 election is falsely contested with rogue military units following a Trumpian figure and putting all Americans at severe risk. Now, they demand leaders of January 6th are brought to justice. They are former Army Major General Paul Eaton making these comments, former Brigadier General Stephen Anderson and former Army Major General Antonio Taguba. They claimed in a column for the Washington Post that there may be an attack similar to the January 6th Capitol riot after the 2024 election. They said that military and lawmakers have been gifted hindsight to prevent another insurrection, they wrote, saying leaders must take action now. Meanwhile, billionaire Ray Dalio predicts there is a 30 percent chance of a U.S. civil war in the next 10 years because of what he calls emotional political polarization. All right, let's uh, get a check out there on the roads and the rails and, and the traffic this early Monday morning with Joe Nolan. Morning, Joe. Once again. And good morning, Deb. And we continue to have problems on the Jersey Turnpike Eastern Spur up at 15W. An accident right lane 1 and 9 by 278 in Linden, right by the refinery there. There's a crash. Also delays as you travel on the eastbound cross Bronx coming into the Bronx River Parkway with a disabled vehicle. Again, the right lane is out. Now, the Transit Authority delays on the A, the C, the J, and the 4, and alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations again today are in effect the support of service of empire blue cross blue shield empire blue cross and blue shield are heart of america and are helping schools all across the country increase their access to healthy food learn more empireblue.com slash ny liberty i'm joe nolan traffic on the sevens talk radio 77 wabc all right, 557 here at 77 WABC. Deb Valentine in with your early news. You might remember this guy, Nicholas Sandman. He's now 19 years old. He was a teenager from Covington Catholic High School, that student from Kentucky. And remember, he was wearing a MAGA hat and he had a confrontation with a Native American. This happened during the uh, 2019 March for Life down in Washington, D.C. All right. So he has now reached a settlement. He sued following this this deal, apparently worth seven figures following the 2019 incident down in D.C. Many media outlets and Democratic politicians criticized the team for that confrontation with a Native American elder at the Lincoln Memorial following that march. So there's been another space X launch happened over the weekend. SpaceX Saturday launched 53 Starlink satellites from the Vandenberg Space Force base out in California. And this may be helping us with our Internet. Starlink is a satellite-based global Internet system that SpaceX has been building for years. It is designed to bring Internet access to underserved areas of the world. 
Well, you may have heard about this uh, rapper stabbing out in Los Angeles. Rapper Draco the Ruler stabbed in his neck Saturday night at a music show at Exposition Park. He was stabbed in his neck before that show. His real name is Daryl Caldwell. He was stabbed at the Once Upon a Time concert out in Los Angeles. And uh, dozens of uh, artists have been set to perform there. Anyway, uh, rapper Draco has passed away. He was in critical condition and uh, Many of those artists refused to perform, including Ice Cube, Cypress Hill, and uh, Al Green. And uh, the crowd left. And so far, there have been no arrests in connection with that attack. We're coming up to Bernie and Sid at 6 o'clock. Deb Valentine in with the early news. Thanks to Justin and all our producers and everybody for all their help. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.